On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we're through another quarter of the season for KU football. Third quarter in the books. We get to our third quarter report. Stocks up, stocks down, things on KU football. And looking into the last quarter, what would be a realistic record expectation? How difficult are their final three games? We rank them. That coming up on today's edition of the show. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can find us on our YouTube page for free and uh, like and subscribe to the show. Thank you to everydayers out there tuning in to each and every episode. We're talking third quarter report here for KU football today. What stock is up? What stock is down lately for KU football? Preview the final quarter, ranking the final three games on today's episode. First, we are brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. We're going to start with stocks up, then we'll move to stocks down, and then we'll look at the uh, fourth quarter coming up of the uh, final three games of the regular season. First up, I think stocks up on Jason Bean. Um, and maybe this is stocks up on Jason Bean being the starter the rest of the way. We heard from Lance Leipold on Monday and uh, Jalen, uh, it sounds like he had kind of a setback because we saw him warming up at the previous Saturday game against Oklahoma. And then all of the sudden uh, last week, he doesn't travel with the team uh, said that I think Lance Leipold said that he like didn't practice really last week. So uh, that sounds like to me, it was kind of a setback. Uh, he said about practice on Monday, he was watching practice, not like participating in practice. So um, it seems like to me the Jalen Daniels injury is very severe and keeping him out. So I'm, I'm kind of at the expectation that just like, okay, Jason Bean's going to be the starter the rest of the way. And if Jalen does come back, then that's great. But Jason Bean has also earned the ability to be the starter uh, with the way he's played. I thought he was excellent against Iowa State. I thought that was the best game of his season, maybe his career. I mean, he had the really good Oklahoma State game last year that got Kansas Bowl eligible. Obviously, he's had key moments. He's had games where he's thrown for a ton of yards and everything, but uh, he was really clean against Iowa State and having to make some tight window throws and everything. Uh, but then you look at the Oklahoma game, how it finished, leading him to the drive. So he, he's been good enough. And over the, the last three games, which is what we're looking at here for the third quarter report, Jason Bean has averaged 326 total. And of the 326 total yards per game, he's averaging like over 300 of those are passing yards per game. He has seven total touchdowns to four interceptions. Now that line you would like to see even better than slightly below a two to one. Um, but especially what he's coming off of this last game against Iowa State. I think stock is up on Jason Bean, feeling comfortable that he can win you a lot of games because that was the question. And and I had that question too, right? I kind of thought that, okay, with Jalen, maybe you can be an eight or nine win team. With Jason Bean, maybe it's a six win team, right? And I think I'm being proven wrong on that. And Jason Bean's been excellent and good for him. And uh, you're winning a lot of games with Jason Bean. And he was excellent against Iowa State. So stock's up on Jason Bean. I think stock is up on the KU wide receiver core. Now, if you look at the production, if you look at the stats for a lot of these guys over the last three games, from where they were in the first six games or the previous three games, the numbers are just up. 
Part of that, though, is just a product of, well, you had to throw a bunch against Oklahoma State, and you had to throw a little against Iowa State because they did a good job against the run. You had to throw a good amount against Oklahoma because it was a back-and-forth game, and you're down late, and you're having to you know, convert stuff through the air. So part of it is just you maybe threw the ball more over the last three games, and if Jason Bean's averaging over 300 passing yards per game over the last three, well, that means there's going to be more opportunity, more target share, more yards to be had for the receivers. And so even in the first six games when some of the receivers – numbers didn't jump off the page and you know didn't look like anything special okay well part of that was just they're spreading the ball around they're running the football really well so they're not having to pass like you have the UCF game in there where they like barely threw the the football um so part of the the K receiver core having stocks up here over these last three is just that you're having more opportunity and they've always made big plays when they've needed to, even in the first six games. But it feels like to me they're making even more big plays over these last three games. It feels like to me they're making an exponential amount of really good plays or really uh, plays in key moments during the game. You know, you think about some of the catches you just had against Iowa State, for instance. Like Luke Grimm had a couple at the sideline. Doug Emelian had one at the sideline where he got his feet in. Obviously, Lawrence Arnold had the big touchdown. Quentin Skinner is just making unbelievable catches. The tip ball against Oklahoma, the, the one kind of diving at the sideline between two defenders crunching him against Iowa State. The receivers have been good all year long, but it feels like over these last three games, they've escalated that even more. And the, uh, the I guess, end product right now Kansas is now ranked fourth in the country on pro football focus in receiving grade. Uh, it was below that coming into the last three games. So stocks up on the KU receiver core. KU's corner duo uh, gets stocks up here because they are hitting a new stride and a new level. Nello Dotson's PFF grade now is like an 80 overall. Uh, Kobe Bryant's very good. His is right around an 80. And with Kobe over the last three games, he's only been targeted five times. He's given up a total of 13 yards. So Kobe Bryant over the last three games, 13 yards total given up. And I'm pretty sure two of those passes, I know at least five of the yards, I think it's more than that, were just on a screen pass. So it's like, well, what are you going to really do about it, right? It's it's kind of hard to defend that. Um, which means that realistically, like, he's not really giving up anything in terms of the run of play and passing. And now we're seeing with Melo Dotson, like, this started a little shaky with the Oklahoma State game. I think you could argue that was – uh, his worst game of the season because he had other good games at the early portion of the season, but he was targeted 11 times for Oklahoma State, gave up nine catches in the game, and he has bounced back since then. He's responded so well. Uh, the last couple games, couple pick sixes, but also not giving up much yardage or completions or anything as part of the two games as well. He's been excellent. He also had a big hit for a tackle in uh, one of the, the plays that Iowa State was able to complete a pass on him, had a big tackle to keep him two or three yards short of the sticks. So Melo Dotson's playing really good football right now. Kobe Bryant's playing really good football right now. This corner duo is excellent. Now you just got to hope for health because Melo Dotson's been injured the last two games. You hope he's back. You hope he's able to sustain and everything. Obviously, the last injury was a little scary with him being down on the field for a while and um, not really moving. Then he eventually gets up. So it was good to see him walk off and everything, and you hope that he's all right. But uh, the KU corner duo is playing excellent football at this moment in time, right when you need them down the backstretch of the season. Uh, overall, though, Kansas just has stocks up because you go two and one in a tough stretch of play where you play Oklahoma State, who's right now tied for first in the Big 12 and, you know, college football playoff rankings up tonight at time of recording. I know this is coming out Wednesday, so we'll see where Oklahoma State is. I'd imagine they'll be in the top 20. Um. Then you have Oklahoma, who I think still will be in the top 20, even after this last loss to Oklahoma State. And uh, then you have Iowa State, who was tied first in the Big 12 when you played them and certainly is going to be kind of like a pesky bowl team, I would think, right? 
So it's a tough stretch of play, especially when you add to it that two of those games came on the road. And you go two and one. Stock is up overall on KU football. Just, you know, overall, whether it's the program, whether it's the Oklahoma win, whether it's the getting the seven wins, whether it's the securing the winning season, the program has seen stocks up. The recruiting has seen the stocks up. Uh, but just for individually this season, like we went into the the last quarter report, we went into the second quarter report and Kansas was sitting at five and one. And the thought there was, yeah, if you go one and two, it's it's not um, the worst thing in the world. And if you go two and one, I think you feel ecstatic about it. Well, sure enough, they went two and one. So I think you should feel ecstatic about it. And I think people do. Now, there is still that bit in the back of your mind that's like, oh, they could have beaten Oklahoma State. You know, you're minus two in turnovers. You had special teams mistakes. You had the offsides call go against you. And it's just like, man, they could have won that game. And if they won that game, they'd be eight and one right now. And I don't know, probably ranked in the top 10. And they'd be tied for first in the Big 12. And, and they'd have a great opportunity because then they'd have the tiebreaker over Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. But, um, you know, you, you can't live that way because realistically, unless you are in Alabama or Georgia or Michigan, there's going to be a game or two like that over the course of your season, whoever you are. And I know the goal is to eliminate those completely if you're like a coaching staff and stuff, but that's just kind of how things go. So just move on, deal with it. You had the loss, but uh, Kansas is in a very good spot right now. And so uh, stock's up on it. KU headed into their fourth and final quarter. Uh, we're going to get to where stock is down where things have not been good over these last three games compared to maybe the first six or the previous three. First, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks, submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. You can win up to 25 times your money. You pick anywhere between two to six players. It can be cross sports, college football, college basketball, NFL, NBA. You can pick all in one sport. You just select two or more players up to six with their projected stats, you can get points, points plus rebounds plus assists, just rebounds, just assists, three points made. All these different things you can do to make some of the games more exciting. So you can get in on that for KU Manhattan on Friday. You can uh, also get in on that for uh, the KU football game against Texas Tech on Saturday. I've been having a lot of fun with it, and it's a really fun way to, to make the games a little bit more entertaining. You go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college with a code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. And one of the cool things about this too, is that you can do flex pay. So if you only hit four of six, if you only hit five of six, if you only hit three, five, four or five, you can still win money. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. Stocks down. And, and I guess stocks neutral. Cause I might have something here for that. Um, KU's rushing attack. I guess technically gets a, a stocks down I think statistically you would say yes stock is down in, in this regard from the last three games KU's worst two outputs of the season so lowest two rushing games of the season came over the last three games you had two games under 100 yards with both Iowa State and Oklahoma State so theoretically you're seeing more struggle now um 130 rushing yards per game over the last three you're at 198-ish for the year. So again, you just look statistically, okay, that's that's taking a dip down. Now, it makes sense, though. Oklahoma State played really well against you defensively running or uh, in rush defense, and they've just turned a corner in just really everything. Iowa State coming in was a top-10 defense, 
And Oklahoma has even been a good defense. So, like, it, it makes sense that you would have lower rushing numbers. I think overall, if you're asking me to predict, like, I still trust the rushing unit to finish strong. Uh, but certainly you're going to need more productivity down the stretch from this unit if you're going to want to beat Kansas State, if you're going to want to win on the road against Cincinnati, if you're going to want to win this week against Texas Tech team who, who does run the football themselves very well. So um, statistically, this is down a little bit, but I think it's one of those things where it like kind of makes sense because of the opponents you played and because of how balanced KU is. If you do just sell out to stop the run, KU should be good enough to still throw the ball and beat you that way, and, and that's what they kind of did in the Iowa State game. Uh, that's what they almost did in the Oklahoma State game to a couple things uh, that they they kind of miss, you know, dealt whether it's the interceptions or you know some of the little things that happened in that game. So uh, I guess technically is down on this, but I would expect a big bounce back over the final three games. Ball security has stocks down in this. It was actually great against Iowa State. So you're coming off a really good performance in terms of ball security with zero turnovers against Iowa State, and that was the key to, to helping you win that game on the road. But this is over. Overall, we're, we're evaluating the stocks for the last three games combined, not just where things are headed necessarily. Um, so in the previous two games with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State combined, the offense turned the ball over five times for KU. And I guess technically all of those were in offense. There was one on uh, special teams on a fumbled kick return. But still, five turnovers from you uh, overall in the previous two games, which means over the last three games, over the last quarter that we're evaluating, five turnovers for KU. And the reason the stock is down because of that, the first six games combined, KU had five turnovers. So over the last three games, KU has as many turnovers as they had in the first six. You're going to have to make sure you're closer to the Iowa State numbers than you are with the um, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State numbers. And I guess it is trending up because the Iowa State game is the most recent of the bunch. But again, for the full quarter of those three games, that was kind of the case. And so... Uh, when you look at it in games where they've turned the ball over one or zero times since 2022 under Lance Leipold, I think they're 10 and two now. Um, when that happens, the both losses are to Texas, 10 and 0 against everybody else. And then when they don't, at that point, they're what three and seven when they have two or more turnovers over the last two years. I didn't want to count 2021 because that was just you know year one, year zero type of thing with with Lance Leipold. Excuse the numbers a little bit, but anyway, um, that's kind of interesting. So you know hold on to the football, right? Like makes sense. That helps you win games. Uh, Stock is also down on the sack numbers for KU football. I still feel like KU has a good pass rush and overall they do. They're still tied first in the big 12 with 22 sacks this season. So overall, this has been a really good unit. I've been so impressed with what the defensive ends have provided with the additions you've made on the D line. And Austin Booker has been electric. Gage keys has been a nice addition. Devin Phillips, uh, obviously kind of banged up, but he's been a nice addition for you, right? Some of the young players coming into their own Tommy Dunn and DJ withers and you know other players that I'm not going to get to everyone, but anyway, um, the sack numbers have gone down over the last, you know, three games. So KU in their first six games had 17 sacks. So that's about three sacks per game. Over the last three games, KU has just four sacks, which is just 1.3 per game. So basically, their first six games, they averaged double the sack numbers that they have over their last three games. Is this a worry for the final uh, three games of the season, or is this something about who they just played, right? It could make sense. Against Oklahoma, they didn't throw the ball a ton. They ran the ball a ton, and when they did throw it, it was a lot of RPOs or quick fires from Dylan Gabriel. And then beyond that, when it wasn't, he's a fast 
mobile quarterback who can scramble away from sacks. You look at the Iowa State game. They came in giving up only six sacks on the season, which led the Big 12. You had two against them. They hadn't had a sack in a home game, and you had two against them. And then you look at the Oklahoma State game. That was one where, yeah, you would have liked to have more pressure and you didn't get a ton on them. I think some of it was schematic that Oklahoma State was just getting the ball out super fast and then just running with Ollie Gordon. And that combination helped avoid sacks. Overall, though, you're, you're looking for this to, to pump up a little bit. I still really like KU's D-line. I still see Austin Booker whooping tackles. I still see Jeremy Robinson making big plays. I still see Patrick Joyner and Hayden Hatcher rotating in there and making flash plays here and there. Um, I still see Gage Keys hitting the quarterback hard at different points. Like I still really like the KU defensive line, and overall they are still tied first in the Big 12 in sacks. But uh, you want to get back up there over these final three games to finish strong here. I think most importantly will be in the uh, game against Kansas State. You're going to have to apply pressure in that one. But it would certainly help in this one too. Texas Tech has been uh, turnover prone to say the least. They have the second most interceptions thrown in the Big 12 this year. If you can heat them up, you can lead to some of those interceptions. So uh, certainly some injury stuff too, like the Oklahoma State game that I think made it tough. That probably I should mention that there. And uh, they've had some injuries on the D-line, like Phillips now, Tommy Dunn now. That would affect this as well. But overall, this is something that I trust in the last three games, but it's certainly worth monitoring that the numbers have dipped a bit over the last three games. Is it just a rut? Is it just based on who you played? Is it injury stuff? Is it indicative how it's going to finish? We'll see on all that stuff. Uh, but certainly KU, if they can get back to their first six games, would be an elite finish to the year for them. We're going to finish up with a ranking of KU's final three games and a preview of the final quarter of play for KU football. First, this episode of the show is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders. You can get in on futures and more. They have all sorts of great promos going down. They'll do boosts every day. Uh, promos like, uh, for instance, on Thursday nights for Thursday night football, they do like a uh, in, in the NFL a no sweat same game parlay up to ten dollars. So you get bonus back, bets back if if you don't win. It has to be minimum of like plus four hundred odds. Make sure to read all the the fine print and everything. But you can do all those and some of their other great promos and boosts. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. So what you're hoping for for KU football in this final quarter of play, their final three regular season games. I think if you were ranking the games in terms of most difficult or I guess hardest to win, number one would be Kansas State. You haven't beat them in you know 15 years or 14 years, whatever it would be. And uh, on top of that, um, K-State's just got a good football team. Like, you know, I, ranks and uh, a team that I, I don't know where they're going to be in the college football playoff rankings. Again, this is coming out Wednesday, so I'm going to look stupid, whatever it is, but uh, I'm, I'm recording this on Tuesday. Nonetheless, uh, K-State, I think, is the hardest game, for sure. And you look at some of the metric sites, like they were like a top 15 team, so very good. That's for sure number one. I think this week is number two against Texas Tech. Now, you could convince me Cincinnati should be number two just because it's a road game, and it'll be senior day for Cincinnati, and that is always going to be difficult to deal with. But Texas Tech is a much better team than the record shows they're sitting at four and five so it doesn't look great but some of the again like the metric sites have them as like a top 40 team have them as like a top 35 team in the country they lost in overtime to wyoming they 
they lost by a score to Oregon, a game that they nearly beat Oregon, who looks like one of the best teams in the country. So, like, this team could very easily be five and four or six and three. They have one loss uh, game to West Virginia, some other close games. Uh, they've had some quarterback injuries, but now they're back to the backup as opposed to being on the third string, which hurt them for a bit. So this is a much better team than the record indicates. But I think I think Tech would be number two in there, especially with the way Tech runs the football. Taj Brooks is one of the best running backs in the country. Their top 10 EPA per play on running the football right now is Tech. So uh, that would be number two, and then Cincinnati would be number three. All games are winnable. All games are losable. That's the beauty of the Big 12. Um, I think a realistic record, what you would be expecting. If Kansas wins the K-State game, I think people would like you don't want to go one and two over the final three, especially with you feeling like you're in the Big 12 title race. But if you go one and two with the one win beating K-State, I think people would be still happy with it. That said, if you go two and one, I think you'll feel really good about this final quarter. But if you want to make the Big 12 title game, if you want to compete for that, you got to go three and oh over these last weeks, which is entirely possible, you know. K-State game feels like kind of coin flip game. This game against Texas Tech feels like maybe like a, I don't know, 55-45 game. Cincinnati game might end up being like a 60-40 game. So all games are close, but you have the opportunity in front of you. You're right there in the Big 12 standings. Why not? Why not? Uh, but yeah, realistic record, I don't know, one and two, two and one, somewhere in that range. Um, three and oh, you're ecstatic, and maybe you're playing for a Big 12 title, or maybe you're playing for a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, like I said, you, you just want to, you know, go at least one and two, win at least one of the games. And if, if that is the case, you hope that it's the K-State one, if you can only guarantee one from here. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. We will be back on uh, tomorrow's episode to get a KU Manhattan basketball preview. And then Friday's episode, we're going to get to a KU football Texas tech preview. You can find our show anywhere you get any of your podcasts. Like and subscribe to us on our YouTube page. We'll see you next time with Locked on Jayhawks.